0: Have you ever wished you had a blueprint for longevity? Well, then stay tuned to today's episode because today I am having an amazing conversation with a longevity expert and she and I are going to dive into the three keys for longevity. Thus, by the end, you shall have your blueprint for longevity. Before I get into that, I do wanna encourage you to follow the podcast, also rate it and review it, so that I know how I'm doing. I genuinely want to be able to bring you the episodes and the content and the information that you want. Also, by doing this, this also helps other people that listen to podcasts who might benefit from the conversations here It also helps them find us. So I do want to encourage you to rate the podcast, follow the podcast, and if you're so inclined, give it a review. Let's go ahead and dive into this conversation with Christine and I. Welcome aboard Aging Flip, the podcast where we soar beyond the ordinary and flip the script on aging Unlocking boundless possibilities in every chapter of life. I'm your host, Debbie Talbert, a retired flight attendant turned life coach, and together we'll embark on a transformative journey. Join me as we challenge age old beliefs and share actionable strategies to ignite your dreams and embrace your wisdom. Fasten your seatbelts as we explore empowering conversations, inspiring stories, and transformative insights all designed to empower you to embrace the wisdom within. Come on board. Let's get started.
1: The newer season of Aging Flip, I will be bringing on guests more and more often because I have been out in the world making connections, connecting myself with people and finding people that have the skills and the abilities and tactics to be able to help us to really thrive in this season of our life. So today I have Christine Chavon. She is a longevity expert who helps organizations and midlife adults achieve their well-being goals. And she holds a coaching certification in behavior design and uses her skills to conduct wellness workshops across the U.S. and Asia. And, so, and on the weekends, you can actually find her hiking in California mountains with her family and enjoy a glass of red wine, though not at the same time. All right. That sounds like a good idea to leave the wine behind while you're hiking. (laughs) Absolutely. I am thrilled that Christine Hans agreed to join us today on today's episode because we're going to bring bring you some insight and knowledge that she has around some of the things that we didn't really know would actually be beneficial in helping us thrive in this season of our life. And so I did want to share first of that. Christine and I met each other through Tiny Habits certification. We were both at an, event, at an, active, at a, an activity that they had in a workshop that Tiny Habits held for us on a variety of coaches that actually help people in their midlife years. And so I was thrilled to learn about the uniqueness and the unique perspective that she has. Christine, first, go ahead and share a little bit about yourself. And then one thing that you would like the audience to know about some of the misconceptions that we have around aging that we're going to dispel today.
2: Great. Well, thank you so much, Debbie, for having me on your podcast. It's really an honor to be here and to be amongst others who are really passionate about living their best life. Um, By way of introduction, I have a a bit of an interesting career path because I started my career in a nursing home setting. Um, So my very first job was... um, in working for a nonprofit that had the entire continuum of services. But my career path started in nursing home management. And it's because of that, that I actually pursued a a master's later on in gerontology. What happened was, I had great empathy for nursing home operators, because it's a very regulated industry. And it's also very difficult with staffing to find to find people to work there at certain moments of time it's there's just there's many many moving pieces at the same time it could be the nicest of nursing homes and people just don't want to go to a nursing home right like people just really resist that there's a lot of misconceptions from that i really wanted to take my business degree and look at aging from an entrepreneur pr- perspective and so that's where i really pursued my master's degree and it really opened me up into the world of what is aging? What does it mean, right? And I think the thing that's interesting about aging is it's really one of the newest areas of study. Aging and neuroscience, anything in the brain, they are really the the newest areas of study. And it's because we finally have the technology to to look at the brain, right, and the research. And this is the first time in human history that humans are aging, at a a rate that we're experiencing. I mean, this is really, it's just the last few decades that people are reaching, you know, consistently their 70s, 80s, sometimes even 90s. And then we call it a centenarian if you reach into the hundreds. So, So that's a little bit about my story. And so what that's done is really ignited this zest in what is aging, right? What does it actually mean? What is the truth behind it? And how can we, To your point, how can we flip it, right? How can aging be flipped? And how can we actually look at this as a moment of time and possibility? Debbie, you had spoke to, you know, perhaps what what misconceptions might I have about aging that I want to dispel? I would say the first thing is, the truth is there's great diversity in aging. I love to say if you've seen one senior, you've seen one senior. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you've seen a 60-year-old They're much different than an 80-year-old. And in fact, you know, an 85-year-old can be healthier mentally, cognitively, and physically than even a 55-year-old. I mean, even even younger. That's the first takeaway is there's really, there's so much great diversity in aging. And this arbitrary 55-plus, 65-plus categorization that, you know, we get from the government or different social sectors, healthcare sectors... It's so arbitrary, right? I mean, Debbie, can you imagine being lumped in, you know, 55 plus, 65 plus. Can you imagine like how that would feel being lumping all those people together? There's so much diversity, right? Totally, because I'm 66. And so, and you're right. And especially in
1: my career as a flight attendant, I totally, and I love the way you said, if you've seen one senior, you've only seen one senior. I love that because that opens you up to like that's just one individual instead of us lumping everyone together because I know in my years as flight attendant and being on board the aircraft and coming across the flight attendants that I worked with as well as just the passengers it was really I was shocked and amazed at where some people would tell me their age and I would be like oh but they seem like way older than me and they are way younger than me and then others I was like I would have never guessed that you were like 80 years old I'm like fascinated by the whole thing and I think that is where we can start just tell ourselves oh it's gonna be just like this
2: because we have this misconception that everyone ages in the same way absolutely Yeah. And I think, you know, just to add on to that, one of the things in the wellness workshops I do is I like to have I like to profile some of my favorite seniors because it really helps my participants understand the great possibility there is in aging, which I guess would lead and dovetails into a a second misconception. But there's so much possibility in aging. And, you know, you have people like David Attenborough, who's in his late 80s very well-known voice, right, for National Geographic, Blue Ocean. And he's doing things that he loves and enjoys, right? Thaoja Singh, I think, believe he's now in his his 90s. He is a marathon runner in his 90s, right? And so you have David Attenborough, who's, you know, cognitively there doing amazing things. And then you have Thaoja Singh, who's physically there. And I have dozens of these examples, but you know, there there's so much possibility. It's not too late. It's never too late. And then just ending on that note with respect to the misconceptions, it's never too late to move the needle. It really isn't. When you look at what healthy aging is, it's really multifaceted. There's many dimensions. And the earlier you start, of course, the better because you're going to reap the benefits for that many years longer. But the research shows it's never too late. And especially going back to the neuroscience and the brain, we have unlimited capacity in our crystallized brain to learn. And the beautiful thing when you age is you have so many more life experiences, right? You have so much more wisdom. You have so much more perspective, particularly, you know, on the psychosocial, emotional, cognitive perspective of aging absolutely is never too late because there is still so much life and opportunity left. And I
1: love that because as I look even in my own personal life, my mom is 86. So I'm 66 and she's 86. And she still plays tennis three times a week. She used to, up until recently, I guess it was two years ago, she was actually the captain of the tennis team. And many of the people on the tennis team were in their 50s. But yet she could outplay them. And her cognitive skills are there. She lives on her own. She lives with her boyfriend on her own. They have their own house. They both still drive. Everything that is still there, where but yet I recall like when I was in my 40s thinking, of course someone, when they're in their 80s, they're not going to be able to drive anymore. I had all of these assumptions that they wouldn't be able to do certain things and you would need other things. And also, I think what I love that you pointed out is that it's never too late to move the needle. With that in mind, because when we first talked about doing this podcast together, you kind of shared some of the things that helped move the needle. And then for me, the one that was actually the most surprising that helped move it the most. So what are three of the things that actually help move the needle that anybody could start now, regardless of what their actual age number is, and then also what they actually feel like physically?
2: Yeah, that's a fantastic question, right? The million dollar question people want to know. Um when my approach to healthy aging is what I call the triple threat um this is based on my research my thesis work as well as my experience life experience working with many 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 seniors so when you think about it there's really three key domains if you want to simplify it for healthy aging and it's movement no surprise there whole food diet or what are you eating right limit processed food however you want to say it but you know, maximize whole foods, foods that aren't processed. And the third piece, which is the one that I think we don't hear as much about, we're hearing about it a bit more recently, but this is the one that I definitely want to emphasize to you, Debbie. And this is social connectedness. That's the third aspect of the triple threat. And when you look at the research, the research shows that if you focus on you know, incorporating more whole foods into your diet, you can add up to four healthy years to your life. And so what do we mean by healthy years? We mean not just adding more years where we're living in chronic disease, but we're actually making sure that we're adding years of life, that we're still able to enjoy life, we're minimizing or even preventing the onset of chronic disease. Four healthy years. When you look at movement, if you can really embody movement, however that looks to you, The research shows you can add up to four healthy years to your life. Then when you look to the social connectedness domain, this is where things get very interesting. The research shows that you can add up to eight healthy years by fostering social connectedness. When you think about aging and where to start, perhaps you're feeling defeated, overwhelmed. My suggestion is to really leverage social connectedness. I can yeah. unpack quite a bit more for you, but I'll give you a mo. I'll just take that moment to pause because I think I share quite a bit, and uh, I want to yeah give you the moment to respond.
1: Uh, yeah, well, that was the part that was the most fascinating to me, is that this social connectedness actually is a part that adds the most number of healthy aging years that you're talking about into your life. I really, I honestly was convinced that it would be more around moving my body more and eating a more whole food diet. What I noticed in my own self is once I retired from flight attendant and I didn't have all that social connectedness, I noticed that I started to feel more isolated, more alone, and more like I wasn't really living life anymore. Like, totally Mm. disconnecting myself from life. Even though I don't live by myself, I'm married, happily married. I have five grandkids and four adult kids. And they're in and out of our lives. And so I have, and I have friendships. But yet I wasn't seeing people and socializing with people in person. I was doing a lot of it, like what we're doing right now on Zoom. (laughs) See? And I didn't really realize until we had our conversation I started paying attention that then I'd started to on purpose find ways to go and do social activities. And so for me, I do still find it uncomfortable and I have a lot of that mindset in there because it's kind of like, well, but how do you make friends when you're 66 years old? Right? What yeah. are some, and with keeping tiny habits in mind, what are some tiny habits you could help people with? And especially if they're feeling kind of like I was feeling. Like it's a little bit uncomfortable and maybe it is that work-life connection where you've had the friends at work, now you're not working and you are starting to notice yourself
2: isolating more without even really realizing it. Yeah, that's a great question. When you think about social connectedness, what does that mean? And that can mean many things, right? And how that actually looks to a person, it's very individualized, right? Social connectedness for me might look a bit different than you, Debbie. Perhaps social connectedness for me looks a lot different than perhaps my husband. He tends to be more extroverted. I'm a social introvert. (laughs) So these things are great. I can come with energy, but afterwards I feel a bit drained. I, I need to recharge by myself, hanging out with myself. When you think about what can you do, think about the range of domains, right? Social connectedness is what is my sense of purpose? What is my belonging? What does spirituality look to me? Not necessarily religious. Affiliation or can be, but you know, what does spirituality mean to me? What is my reason for waking up in the morning? What is my purpose in life? What do my relationships look like? Social connectedness is a pretty big domain in itself, but it's important. And when you think about the other two domains of healthy aging, the domain of whole foods, diet, and movement. You know, the social connectedness piece really helps intertwine those things because people get socialization from being physically active or a lot of movement things. People, you know, you get a lot of socialization from being around the dinner table or meeting friends out for a happy hour, those sorts of things. So, to answer your question now that we have a better understanding of, you know, what do we mean by social connectedness? I'll give you a few examples of my favorite tiny habits. These are low hanging fruit things that are very simple and you could adopt them for yourself, but you can multiply them, right? And they can grow into other areas as well. The first one that I started doing recently is what I call Social Start Monday. And what I do is after I bring my kids to daycare, I send a voice memo to three friends. And so... When you look at the tiny habits methodology that Debbie and I had our certification and what you want to do is find some sort of anchor in your daily life, something that you do on a regular basis. You can find some sort of anchor, you know, if you think about your your daily routine in terms of everything you do from, you know, brushing your teeth, taking your first sip of morning coffee. Those are great places to look for, but find what works for you. That's one thing I've done, and it's been really helpful for me because, in full disclosure, I recently relocated back to the U.S. after living in Singapore for six years. And I'm in a major life transition, and it it really helped me because I am, in full disclosure, at moments in time, feeling lonely because I'm in a new area, and I'm trying to meet new people, that sort of thing. But it's very, very different. A A second tiny habit I do that's in the social connectedness space is gratitude after I take my first sip of coffee, I think of one person that I'm grateful for. And what I do is I actually spend two minutes, I even have music playing on the background, but I actually think back to the memories we've had and all the connections that had to happen for us to have those interactions. By way of example, one of my very close friends from Singapore, I thought about we would we would meet at different bakeries to find the best croissants. And so I was reflecting back on all the places that we had met and re- critiqued their croissants. We had this joke of becoming croissant right? a right? Cro- croissana- cro- <laughs> <laughs> a croissant connoisseur. I like that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I just went back to every memory that I could think of, you know, her meeting both of my children for the first time, her, you know, coming to baby showers. And it was just like really powerful in rewiring my brain in terms of all of the things that I should be grateful for as well that that came across that journey we've had together. You could get bonus extra credit and you could even let this person know, hey, I was just thinking about you. I was just, you were part of my daily gratitude practice, right? That could be a simple thing you could do. And then the last thing that I do is When I go to bed at night, before my head hits the pillow, I say out loud one thing that went right. And so this is more the the psychosocial aspect of your well-being and social connectedness, but really focusing on the positive. And these are really important things that help wire your brain to think more positively, right? And to think in a way that's more social connected. But I just say out loud one thing that went right. It's very simple, but it's a great note to end the day on. I love all three of us, because as you were describing to me, like, the, the
1: sense of the social connectedness and really what that means, I started to realize, oh, my mind, I was thinking that means I need to get out and actually meet people. But as you were describing it, it's more like, how can I find within myself? So it doesn't necessarily mean I need to go out and actively introduce myself to new people, right? It means how can I on purpose notice? How my own sense of belonging in what I'm doing in my own life, what means spiritual to me, what uplifts me, what brings me meaning in my own life. I love the idea of, as you're thinking of the gratitude and the person, intertwining the memories that you have together with the person. I think that would be a beautiful way to keep those connections growing. So as you were saying all that, I was thinking of all the different Interaction I had, I had with my own kids and my grandkids. Because sometimes I feel like I am mm-hmm. disconnect they, because they live in different places. They don't live actually where I live. And in my mind, I would so feel stuck on I have to be able to talk to them on the phone or they need to reply back to my text. But I can literally create that connection within myself by doing exactly what you're talking about. Like thinking of the gratitude and thinking back of the memories and the interactions and the journey that we came across. And then my hunches they would probably be blown away if I actually sent them a voicemail and told them what I was doing. I, I Absolutely. But I think they too would feel that sense of connection from me because then in the moment when they're hearing me saying that, it would bring them back to that moment.
2: Absolutely. Okay. And that's where there's the overflow, right? I mean, it really... Right. And that's where it's individualized. So it's, you know, what does it mean to you? I mean... If you're naturally more extroverted, social connectedness might mean getting out more. But yeah, it may not. It really depends on the person. Right. And I think that one of the first
1: things, because I also feel like journaling really helps. And it's a newer practice for me, but I do journaling in a variety of ways. So I may journal, like, so I have, which people won't be able to see if it's on the audio, but I have these cards that on this felt app I have on my phone on my iPad and I literally will once a week write my own self a card and then I schedule it at a random date I just let it go in there just pick a date and close it and I don't know what date I picked for it to be mailed to me and then I started also doing it to mail it to my kids kind of a thing but I think that so I randomly send them cards or randomly send them to the grandkid but I think that it's just literally those questions And where I'm going with the journaling is those first questions that you had in there, like, what is my sense of purpose? Really letting yourself, after I have my cloth, sit down with my coffee, I will ask myself, what is my sense of purpose, even for today? And then just let yourself, you can either write it down or reflect upon it. But I think just by asking yourself that question, because it's my understanding that our brain likes to answer questions. Mm-hmm. So by asking ourselves that question at the beginning of our day, while we're having our coffee or our tea or whatever beverage it is that you love, then that puts your brain to work on finding out the answer to that for you, or even like where in my day do I feel the most belonging?
2: Absolutely. Uh,
1: and then also what what am I noticing that are my actual reasons for waking up in the morning? Mm-hmm. What do I love about my relationships? And I think one of the other things is asking ourselves. What do I love about myself? What do I? What am I proud of myself for accomplishing? Because we have that tendency of forgetting those things and remembering what we didn't do and reflecting upon what we did not actually do. Yep. Instead Absolutely. of like letting ourselves think about that, and so as you're like knowing from from really what you under like from what your understanding is. And your your knowledge and your end working with individuals. Share a memorable story from someone who's attended your workshops that can kind of really help people hone in and reflect on this in their own life and see if maybe they can't bring something away from this episode today.
2: Sure. Yeah. Before I answer that question too, I just wanted okay. to add to what you shared about the questions. Questions are so powerful to those listening to really lean into that as Debbie shared ask yourself, how how will I find purpose today? How can I help somebody else feel um, feel loved, right? How, how can I help my spouse feel loved today? But something very simple like that, because to your point, Debbie, the brain loves to answer our questions that we have in our head. And so that's where the neuroscience is really interesting in terms of focusing on questions that are more empowering, more life-giving instead of, you know, why do I, why am I always so messy? Or, you know, why, why can't I ever get things done? Those are really not helpful, empowering questions, right? And they right. Can, can be detrimental to our healthy longevity and our psychosocial well-being. So rather focus on empowering questions. How will I show myself that I was productive today? How will I show myself that I am organized? What one thing will I do today to make myself feel organized? So those are great, great Additions to how you can ask questions in powerful ways. With respect to a a client and a success story, I was conducting a a longevity workshop, and one of my participants knew that I was also working for a startup that focuses on bringing seniors out on a tri-shaw. And the tri-shaw is specially designed for seniors to sit in that are maybe mobile, mobily challenged, or maybe not as physically active. And the idea is to help build community by a tri-shot ride. It's actually part of a global movement, Cycling Without Age. They have them all over the U.S. I believe they have them in Florida as well. But in Singapore, I was working for the startup. And this longevity participant said, you know, one of the things I've always wanted to do is learn how to ride a bike. You know, but I'm in my I'm in my late 70s. Like, I don't know if I can do that. And so. What I did as a tiny habit was said, why don't you just come to one of my trainings? So this is a live training session, right? Where you see the tri shot, you learn how to maneuver it. It's power supported. So actually has a battery, so it's easier to pedal, even if you're not very strong, you can still you can still pedal the, the tri shot. And so I just I just very simply asked him, just just come observe, just come observe. Right. And what happened was he just did something very simple, and he was able to actually sit on the tri shot and maneuver it and then he came to two more trainings and By then he was he knew how to ride the tri shot he knew how to operate this very sophisticated and many many realms device compared to just a simple bicycle and he was able to operate it. It actually went a step further though he became a tri shot trainer and one of our most involved volunteers as well. this man in his late seventies who had never ridden a bike before, now was cycling seniors, probably seniors that were younger than him. I know for a fact, actually, some were younger than him. He was cycling them, and he was also teaching youth, people age 16 to 35 as part of one of our programs, teaching them how to ride the tri as well. It's really beautiful. It also shows the power of social connectedness and the overflow it can have, right? Because he was able to get more movement in his life, but he was able to tap into many areas of social connectedness, right? His sense of purpose, his just relationships, developing relationships for people, being able to get back. He felt like he belonged to something very special as well because he was part of this trainers group. So that's just an example of, you know, if there's something that you've always wanted to do and maybe you're intimidated by it, when you think about tiny habits methodology and Of course, Debbie is trained in this as well. Listeners probably have a a great understanding of of the methodology. Again, you want to try and make it scaled back. You want to make it very tiny and what's one very small, simple way you can do something that maybe seems too big, right? Too daunting, or perhaps you failed in the past and that's preventing you from doing it because you're afraid of failure again. That's okay. Set that aside and just think about it from a new perspective of how can I try this in a way that's very tiny and see what happens. It's very empowering and it's very life-giving. Oh, I love that But how can I
1: try this in a, in a way that's very tiny and that's very life-giving. And I love the way that you encourage the individual, why don't you just come and look and just come and see for yourself what this is like. And so I really think that I want to encourage people that, like you said, if there is something that you've either tried in the past and it hasn't worked out the way you wanted or there's something you've always wanted to do but a part of you is telling yourself you're quote-unquote too old to start this or try this I want to encourage you to go and look at other people doing the activity where and it may be in a place where they're learning how to do it even was like because I know right now pickleball is a big thing and so what and maybe just go and watch pickleball 'Cause I do I remember for myself, I started hearing a lot of flight tennis talk about pickleball. And I was like not just the term pickleball sounded fun to me. So I'm like, oh, I wanna know what that is. I wanna see if I wanna do pickleball. However, for me, yeah, I found that after I went to the to the gym where they had it and where they were doing it, and I remember they are, and I was like, Yeah, no, that's not something I wanna try. But I was intrigued by the name enough that I wanted to see what what is it about and what was it like. I really want to encourage people to let yourself igniting your curiosity Mm -hmm. and think of what you're doing is this is simply me testing this out to find out if I actually like it. And I think that would be an awesome way for people to start out different things and to realize and understanding that the social connectedness, yes, as as you talked about, it's different for every person. And then really opening yourself up to am I not doing it or do I feel disconnected socially because of what I send my definition in. So like even for my own self, as you were describing what social connectedness is, I was like, oh. I was making it harder on myself than it actually had to be. Cause I was out actively trying to like sign to go to different classes, say hi to people. Me people, I wasn't literally quite in the grocery store beating going to people in the in the aisles talking to them, but I was like actively trying to get myself to meet new people when and then after I under, then after just hearing really what it actually is, I can see how in my own life I could create some really good tiny habit to create that on a regular basis and make it even easier for me to do the other part. Because I am um in the beginning and initially, I'm introverted. Like, I don't want to start the conversations, but I like being around people and I like being con- seeing in the same space with people. So I do know I want to do that for myself. But now this is going to help me figure out a way to like get really curious and test out how else can I do that? Just by understanding what the true definition is of the actual social connectedness. And then also on top of that, realizing that it's very possible it could add eight healthy years to my life. Well, that sounds right. Because if I'm going to have the years added to my life, I want them to be healthy. (laughs) I don't want to feel like I'm decaying in those eight years and those extra years that are added. How can people get in touch with you? And how can people find you?
2: Yeah, great. You can find me on my Instagram, Christine Sean. I'm also quite active on LinkedIn and you're more than welcome to email me as well. Sean at gmail.com. Fantastic. I'll make sure that I put inside the show notes,
1: the links to your social profiles so that people can get a hold of you. And I want to encourage people to connect in some way and ask for help with creating your own tiny habit recipe. Whether you want to ask me or you want to ask Christine, yeah, I want you to really do that for yourself. I really encourage you to ask. For help in designing a recipe around something that you're really wanting, just based on what you heard in this episode, that you're really wanting to get yourself to do. Do you have anything else you would like to add? Anything you wish I would have asked
2: you that if I would have asked you what you would have shared before you like close up? Lovely. Yeah. I mean, I think just um, two things to leave you, with, leave everybody with. I mean, one, um, this tapped onto what you already said, Debbie, but you know, what you thought of social connectedness, this is helping you re-envision it. And I think what you're realizing is you already have these seeds inside of you in different aspects, right? And so to those listening, I love imagery with reaping and sowing, right? Planting, gardening. We all have seeds in us that, or maybe even small plants in this realm of social connectedness, probably in the realm of healthy aging, right? And movement as well as whole food so just tap into that as well. You know, start with your natural strengths and you're going to have so much more success in, in growing that. Right. And I think part of it, too, is expectation setting. This is where tiny habits comes in. You know, we ha- we tend to be our own biggest critic. We tend to go in, you know, wanting to have the perfect plan to execute on and setting high goals. And then when we fail, we beat ourselves up. right? So if we can actually just lower the expectation or remove it completely and like Debbie said, come in from a place of curiosity, then we're going to be able to succeed that much better, right? Because you don't know what's going to happen, right? Debbie, perhaps that experience you had with the pickleball, perhaps, you know, you ran into a person that you had a conversation with. Perhaps you saw a posting for, you know, another activity. Perhaps there was some sort of demo or event there, but you, you don't know what's going to be along on the journey. So That's one thing I would love to leave people with. And then the final thing is really, I do believe the best investment a person can make is in themselves. In the context of healthy longevity, you know, really, really take that to heart. We are our biggest asset. Our health is our biggest asset and the best investment we can make is in ourselves. As Debbie challenged you, try to think of what one takeaway, if you want extra credit, three, but what one takeaway can you incorporate into your life? What tiny habit recipe can you incorporate into your life in the context of healthy aging and perhaps, you know, focusing on the social connectedness piece. I absolutely love that
1: because you're right. I did go where I went was lifetime fitness. And no, I did not do pickleball, but I did the water aroma class and I fell in love with that. Even though I always thought when I would see the images of people are way older than me, I'm not going to do that. And that can't be that hard to do. It was way harder than I thought, but I had so much fun. And everybody doing the class was laughing, talking, and laughing around and having a great time. And it was way harder. Like I got way, like my heart rate went up way higher than I thought. And my muscles got worked out the whole shebang. So it was like, and it was really a lot of fun because it was like, it was dancing in the water. And so from from that, I actually, this gym I went to happened to be in Tennessee. And I actually have now a friend in Tennessee. So now when I go to my daughter's house, I have someone that I can connect with that's in my age that I can go to the gym with well, I'm actually visiting with my daughter, too. So it did. The whole thing did turn out just and it was because I allowed myself to get curious and see what this pickleball, what is this pickleball thing all about?
2: Wow. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. That's a beautiful (laughs) example of going in, no expectations and life just has different plans for us many more often than not. But you just you got to take the first step. You can't. Just be in your own head. You have to do something. That's where the tiny habits methodology is so brilliant. Is it helps us take action.
1: It Helps you do that starter step of like, what if the smallest step I could take to start? And so I really appreciate everyone for being here today. And I thank you so much for being here on the episode. And I'm looking forward to doing another one with you, so we can figure out and maybe come up depending on the feedback from this. And so let us know. Email me. Contact me. I use the links that are inside the show notes. And contact me and let me know some other episodes you would like us to do together. And we'll come back together and come up with some more uh, ideas for you and strategies that you can take away. Hey, everyone, have a fantastic rest of your day.
0: That's a wrap on this episode of Aging Flipped, where we celebrate every chapter of life and defy the norms of aging. If you found value in our journey together, be sure to rate, review, and follow the show. Your support helps others find us and embark on their own voyages of defying aging norms ready to flip the script on your personal narrative chart your course at jumpseatcoaching.com where you'll find the aging gracefully flight plan this is your boarding pass to a life unbound by age-old constraints thank you for being a valued passenger on our aging flip journey we'll see you on our next flight continuing to redefine what's possible as we age. Until then, fly high and continue to defy the ordinary.